This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. The Wimbledon Championships, the third major of 2023, is almost at a conclusion with the semi-final stage. And my name is Nigel Seeley. And joining me to look at the matches and the outright markets is our senior ATP Tour handicapper for Because We Win. It's Sean Calvert. Sean, uh, good afternoon to you. Uh, looking at the markets, not really many, many surprises, really. I mean, the best four players in the world on current form are through to the semi-finals of Wimbledon. Mm, a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? And I'm sure it's not for the for the people that tune in, you know, on the on the TV and the people that bought tickets and all the rest of it. But from a betting point of view, well, from a value betting point of view, at least it's not it's not really what you want. But I could imagine that quite a lot of people at the minute are sitting here, sitting there, sitting wherever they are, um, holding tickets for an Alcaraz Djokovic final. I imagine quite a few people bet that is it was in a way the obvious play at the start of, of the tournament. Um, I should think quite a few people are on that. Uh, and it looks like it's going to happen. So no, no surprises again at Wimbledon. It's not, um, you know, it's not been, it's not, we've not had a surprise winner for a long time, have we? We look back to all the way back to sort of Goran Ivanovic for the last time there was a, you know, a, a big old shock at Wimbledon. That was over 20 years ago. So it's um, business as usual, I think, at Wimbledon this year. We've touched on the reasons why that may be, uh, the slowing down of the courts, the players playing a very different format of tennis now, the way they play, uh, not not surprising. Um, do you just think that the top level is that is that much better, or do you think that's got to do with the conditions? I think it's a bit of both. Um, I wouldn't have said that Djokovic when when he first came to Wimbledon, I wouldn't, and when he first started playing on grass, I wouldn't have said he was a a grass court player. But it's it's a surface that you need to kind of grow into. Alcaraz has grown into it pretty quickly this year. Um, so has Rune. You know, these guys have have got used to it. You know, the, the season before last year, they weren't. I think they were just a bit tentative on it. I think once you get the movement sorted, I think it's the movement that scares a lot of these players, the slipping and the sliding and, and just different things that you have to do in your movement on the grass. I think once you get that, once you get that confidence inside you, I think it's it, it that's most of the battle done because it's not quick anymore. As we've said, um, very few tie breaks compared to other grass court tournaments. So, and obviously the, the elite are the elite, you know, for a reason, aren't they? They, and grass isn't that much of an alien surface to them anymore. So it's it's all contributed to a, a lack of shocks and surprises um, on the outright side of things. For tennis hand, handicappers who've been around the game as long as that we have, I mean, we had the domination of Pete Sampras and Agassi. Then we had the, obviously, Federer, Djokovic and Nadal. And I was quite optimistic that we may have a new batch of sort of guys coming through and we may have some shock wins. I thought it might not go to the favourites. But do you feel now that, you know, given what Medvedev has done this week, given that Holger Rune has done well, do you think that we may have a, a top four in the next sort of three or four years of Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sinner and Rune probably dominating majors like the four previous to them, the Djokovic's and Murray's and Federer and Nadal's have done? 
Possibly. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of young players still to come through. You know, two years ago, we weren't really talking about Alcaraz, were we? There was whispers about him and people were discussing him, but the vast majority of people have never heard of him. Now, two years later, well, for example, when he played Medvedev here at Wimbledon 2021, he was a wild card, wasn't he? Um, I think he was 75th in the world then. No one was really talking that much about Alcaraz then. So, you know, two years from now, we could be talking about, I don't know, maybe the Arthur Feast or, or whoever, people who were going to come through. I think it's difficult to sort of say these are going to be the best four for the next sort of five, ten years. There's, there's always players coming through, and uh, you know that's the beauty of it. It's the new young players, it's, it makes it exciting, doesn't it? This four, though, ahead of Sitsipas and the, and the group, then Zverevs and and that kind of group. Now, are we looking for yeah people in the top so. sort of breaking out of the of the outside of top fifty to come into that group? But they might just pull the way now from a top level from that Sitsipas and that and that sort of level. I would say if you're Stefanos Tsitsipas or Alexander Zverev, you'd probably be thinking to yourself, well, I've had my chances. You know, from Zverev's point of view, he had Dominic Team in the US Open final. He's reached numerous other sort of latter stages of of slams. Um, same with Tsitsipas. He's reached a few a couple of finals, a lot of semifinals. Now he's been outclassed by by the likes of Alcaraz. You know, he's, Alcaraz has shown himself to be much better Um than Sitsipas and, and arguably Zverev and all the rest of these guys. You, you, if you were them, you'd probably be thinking, well, I was I was open. Djokovic and Nadal and Federer were going to retire and then, you know, it would be my turn. But, you know, it hasn't turned out that way, has it, with these new kids on the block? And that's that's how tennis works, isn't it? It's just players come through and, um, you know, you have to take your chance while it's there because it, it may not come again. We're down to the semi-finals. Uh, the semi-finals will be played on Friday at the Audience Tennis Championship tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. And these are the outright markets as we stand now on Thursday. Novak Djokovic is the favourite, no surprise, minus 182. The number two seed, bidding for his eighth Wimbledon crown. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, number one seed, plus 275. Daniel Medvedev is plus 1,000. And Yannick Sinner is also plus 1,000. It's very, very hard to disagree with those odds, isn't it? Um, you know, Medvedev and Sinner have got to play the games or the matches of their lives, really, To especially Sinner. He's got to play the match of his life to to, to beat Djokovic. He almost did last time. We'll speak about that in a minute. But uh, on their outright market, very hard to have any sort of opinion. And it's very hard to have an opinion anyway when we get to the semi-final stage of a major, isn't it? It wasn't that easy at the start either, was it? We looked, no. we looked at this outright market and Djokovic was, what, 8-13 to 13 in, in old money? But he hasn't changed uh, much, really. At the start of the tournament. He's won all those matches and his odds haven't really changed. I mean, he started, what did he start? Minus one, one minus 162? He was about 1.62 in, in decimal, yeah, about 8-13 to 13 in old money. Um, I suppose it just shows you that he was very, very short to start with, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't see... I can't see any any argument from from my point of view in terms of those outright odds. It it looks like a like a Djokovic Alcaraz final, and which is what most people want. Not it's not great from from my personal point of view, but the neutrals, I, I imagine they're they're very much looking forward to that. Anyone who's got tickets will be very looking forward to that as well. Uh, they'll be going for a very large amount of money on the black market. Oh, over <laughs> uh, there'll, there'll be there'll be a lot of money. Uh, just just um, just before we we move on to the matches, it. it we might not see Alcaraz against Djokovic. You know, you, I, I've spoken to you as the tournament's gone on. You've, you've become more and more impressed with Alcaraz, and a lot, a lot of people have. I mean, you said in, at the top of the show there he's adapted his well to the to the grass court game. Um, mm-hmm. 
what have you been impressed with? What have you, what, what what changes in his game have you seen that you thought to yourself, well, Alcaraz is really been very different here than what we've seen before? And what has he got to do to beat Djokovic if the two of them do meet? I'm just saying this, you know, we're going to talk about the final, obviously, probably on Saturday. Um, but what has he got to do to beat Djokovic? You know, if it's not this final, what's he got to do to change in the change of his game to actually to actually beat the the great man? I don't think he needs to change that much. I just think that if you look back to that French Open match they played, it, he just got himself into such a state mentally, didn't he? And it, it impacted on him physically. I think, you know, he is only a young young lad. You know, he's not, he's not a 35, 36-year-old experienced guy who's played best part of 30 Grand Slam finals um, like Djokovic. So it, it perhaps isn't surprising. Perhaps we're expecting too much of this, of this young man. Um I think I think that's it. I think he just has to be calmer. Uh, easy, easy for me to say. Perhaps now that he's had that experience of the French Open where he was where he cramped so badly and it, it ended up costing him the match. If you look at that match, I know it was on clay, but there isn't there isn't a great deal between them. I don't think on statistics there isn't a great deal between them. I don't think he really has to do anything much to 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 change his game. I think he's got everything that you need, as I've said before, to be a a great player on grass. I think he just needed to to have that experience of it, which he now has. You know, he's got every chance of beating Novak Djokovic if if that happens to be the final and if he handles the occasion, which he, which he quite clearly didn't at Roland Garros. Um, I don't think it's got to change that much, no. Let's have a look at these semifinals and let's start off with the first one between the number one seed, Carlos Alcaraz, up against Daniel Medvedev. Alcaraz is minus 250, uh, Medvedev is plus 205. The game's red is four and a half games. Alcaraz uh, giving up four and a half is minus 105, Medvedev. Receiving four and a half is minus 118. The total is 39 and a half, minus 118 on over, minus 105 on under. The pair have met twice before. They were, they bet in 2023 in the Indian Wells final this year, a uh, tournament that you were at, Sean. Um, it was slow mm. conditions, wasn't it, in, in Indian Wells? It was very slow. Yep. So yep. uh, Alcaraz won that very easy 6-3, 6-2. In a match, he started a minus 125 favourite. So he's a lot heavier favourite here at minus 250. And they also met here at Wimbledon in the second round back in 2021. Sean touched on it where Alcaraz was ranked in about in just outside the top 75 in the world. And it was a wild card. And Medvedev done a number in very convincingly, 6-4, 6-1, 6-2. Obviously, Alcaraz is a much different proposition now. But... Mm. Um, do you, do you think Medvedev can, can cause him problems? I mean, his form this tournament has shocked me. I'm sure it shocked you. Um, the way he sort of come to terms with Eubanks match, he took him a little bit later than we, we wanted, wanted to win three money. He could have come to terms with that. He played exceptionally well. He was playing very well against Leheka before he got injured. Played very well against Manorino, a match that we thought that uh, he might struggle with as well. Uh, and, and he battled back against Vukovic as well. So he's, he's, he's done well this tournament. And, you know, at plus 205, he's beaten him on here before. Uh, he's it's quite he's going to have the crowd against him, which he's got no problem with. Um, Alcaraz though, going to have lots of pressure on him, and everyone expects Alcaraz to win. And when the pressure's been on this young Spaniard, he hasn't really done it, has he? I mean, he, he obviously won the U.S. Open, but nobody expected him to win that. Everyone expected him to, get, to do well at the French Open, and you know injury concerns. And you said about it before, mentally, he's up against a really really tough uh, mental opponent in terms of Medvedev. He is, but I think this is a I think Medvedev's got to change his default game if he's going to beat Alcaraz. Let's assume that Alcaraz approaches this with the right mentality. Let's assume he's not affected by nerves or cramp or anything else, which I don't think he will be. I don't think he sees himself as as, as favourite um, to win this tournament. I think he's you know, he thinks Djokovic is favourite, I should imagine, which, which everybody else thinks as well. I don't think there's that much pressure on him. 
really not on grass on clay yeah possibly but um not on grass but the, the problem Medvedev has is that his default game is is not built for grass at all you know you saw we saw that I've said it many times and we saw the Eubanks match you know Eubanks was I mean Eubanks played out of his skin for two sets didn't he but Medvedev does not like adjusting his game he doesn't like it. We, let's let's look at a few examples. There's the Eubanks match. There's also the Kyrgios match. When uh, numerous Kyrgios matches actually, where Kyrgios has played serve volley and Medvedev has just done nothing about it at all. He's just said, "Well, I can't, I can't really beat this style of play." So I'm, he doesn't like altering his 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 default game. It took him at least two sets to change things against Chris Eubanks, which surprised me because he's played Eubanks before, as we said. And in that match against uh, the Miami match against Eubanks, when they went off for a rain delay, he came back and changed things. I wouldn't have thought it would have taken him that much to work it out this time that he needed to make that same change again. And it's not, it's not a, to you and I, it's not a great change, but he just has to move his court positioning up slightly, but he doesn't like doing it. He said before that he doesn't have the, the hand eye coordination to stand closer because he's been asked this question loads of times. And he said, well, I don't, you know, I haven't got the hand eye coordination to do it. So he'll only do it if he feels like he absolutely has to. And he, he didn't do it against Eubanks for the first three sets, even though he was two sets to one down. It took him to be two sets to one down to suddenly think, well, actually, I, I can't beat this guy from, from right back here. I'm going to have to move up. And eventually he did. And eventually it was enough. And Eubanks' level dropped, as you would expect, um, from, from the very high level that it was. So I, I think if he, if he comes in here against, against Alcaraz, playing that default Medvedev game miles behind the baseline, he's going to be in trouble because Alcaraz has got the key to, to unlock this. Um, if he's standing really far back Medvedev, he's he's preparing for that bullet of a forehand that Alcaraz has. But Alcaraz has got the option. He can just pop a drop shot in. He's comfortable doing that. Very, very comfortable. Anyone that saw that Indian Wells match, he just drop shotted Medvedev to death. I know it was a slower conditions in Indian Wells. But it's, not, it's, not, it's not exactly quick at Wimbledon. It, he can do it. It's not a problem. The drop shot is, is very effective because obviously the soft grass, the, a decent drop shot is, is a winner most times. Um, so I, I think it's going to take Medvedev's, Medvedev to change his mindset and say, right, I've played this guy before at Indian Wells. I got absolutely hammered. It was, I mean, he was, it was very, very one-sided, that match. I know it was in slower conditions, but it's not a great matchup for Medvedev if he decides to play everything from miles behind the baseline. It's not, it's not, it's not ideal for grass and it's not ideal for someone that can do what can do many, many things with the ball. Like Alcaraz can a lot of the guys that he's played before Medvedev so far this Wimbledon, they weren't, some of them weren't fit. Marino wasn't fit. Fuksovic wasn't fit. Leheka wasn't fit. Um, Fuksovic hasn't got the idea. Some of them haven't got the ideal style to beat Medvedev anyway. Um, Manorino has, but he wasn't fit. He didn't, he didn't play his best. Um, I th I'm still not. I'm not sold on Medvedev at all. I think he's got to change a lot if he's going to beat Alcaraz. I think it's, if he doesn't, I think Alcaraz wins this with a little bit to spare. To be honest, so Alcaraz is a ten and O record uh, on grass this year after winning Queens Club. Medvedev is seven and two. I think he's seven. Yeah, seven and two. Uh, his defeats come to Batisto Gut and Manorino. Uh, this is a big up, big big up uh, from those opponents for uh, for Medvedev here. So if you think that he's going to uh, to win quite easy, would you be tempted by minus four and a half? And also the total of games. I mean, Berrettini took a set off Alcaraz. Jarry's took a set off Alcaraz. Uh, Runa pushed him all the way in the first set yesterday in the quarterfinal. Um, total of games at 39 and a half. I'm, I'm judging by what you said there. You're looking at the unders rather than the overs. 
if I was playing that market, I'll go on the unders. Yeah. Um, I, I've taken a view here that Alcaraz is going to win this with something to spare. So I've gone minus one and a half sets, which is slightly a slightly safer bet. That's a minus one thirty-two chance for Bet Rivers one point seven six in decimal. You could also go minus four and a half games. You could also go under thirty-nine and a half for the totals. Um, I'd be surprised if Medvedev pushed this to sort of five sets, and unless he comes in here and plays a game which is pretty much alien to him that he desperately doesn't like doing it might be the case that he drops this first drops the first set and then thinks okay i'm really gonna have to do something i don't want to do here and potentially then he could turn it around but i, I can't see him doing that he's very stubborn you know I, I couldn't believe how long it took him to against eubanks to change things it's not like he's got it, the tennis players are very very stubborn they don't they don't like doing things that they're not comfortable with we talked about it last year at this time last year with james blake didn't we when we, when we were talking about Fritz, Taylor Fritz, and the fact that he just would not change that cross-court backhand when he was playing the doll. You know, it was just crying out for him to pop it up the line, come into the net, point one. I know it's easier said than done, but he wouldn't do it because he's not comfortable doing it. And that's what James Blake said. He's not he's not comfortable doing that. And this is this is what Medvedev, Medvedev's problem is on grass. I say his problem, he's made the semifinals of Wimbledon, but, you know, he's, as I say, he's played decent matchups and, and guys that weren't fully fit as well. And gone five sets with Chris Eubanks. So I think it's all on Medvedev. Medvedev has got to change something. Otherwise, he's not going to win this match. That match is the second match on Centre Court. It's 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. So if you have got an opportunity to not watch it, if you're at work or you're uh, you're you're out and about, you can watch it by placing a bet on the Bet Rivers website. You'll be able to live stream this match. Uh, Sean has broken down the bet there. He's gone for uh, Medvedev minus one and a half sets. There's 51 different markets available. Alcaraz on this... minus one and a half sets. Sorry, Alcaraz minus one and a half sets. Sorry about that. Alcaraz yeah. minus one and a half sets against Medvedev. Uh, there is 51 different markets available on the Bet Rivers website, and I'm sure there'll be more added uh, in the build up to this huge match semi final tomorrow at Wimbledon. Remember, uh, Bet Rivers are doing a, a 50% match offer uh, in play. Mm-hmm. At Wimbledon, uh, 50, you place a real money live wager of $10 or more on Wimbledon and receive a 50% Wimbledon match bonus bet up to $25 or up to $100 for VIP customers, loyalty level seven and above. Oz must be minus $2 or greater, can only be claimed one time per day during the promotional period. Bonus bets will be loaded within 30 minutes of place in a qualifying wager and would expire seven days after the settlement. Uh, just to recap there, Sean's bet is Alcraz minus one and a half sets. Not what I said earlier, Medvedev. So he thinks the Spaniard, the number one seed, will make it through to his first Wimbledon final. Who will be his opponent? Well, I'm sure Sean will probably tell me it's going to be the number two seed, Novak Djokovic. But he's got a tough match. He's got a tough match. There's no doubt about it. It's a tough match. Yannick Sinner, for me, is probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented uh, tennis player out there. Naturally talented. I think he's, he's more talented than Alcraz. I think he's more talented than Djokovic but he hasn't got the physicality strength of those two players. But I think everything he's got in his game is perfect. And I think he's going to go on to be one of the, the multiple uh, Grand Slam winners once he that sorts out his, his issues. Uh, Novak Djokovic here is a heavy favourite. He's minus 560. It's minus 560. Yannick Sinner is $4. Uh, the spread here is 5.5. Sinner, plus 5.5, plus 104. Djokovic, minus the 5.5, minus 134. And the total is 37.5. Under 37.5, minus 121. Over 37.5, minus 106. Um, some of you will remember the famous match they played last year. It was an unbelievable game where Yannick Sinner uh, took the racing to a two-set-to-love lead 
over uh, Djokovic in the quarterfinals here. Won the first set 7-5, won 6-2. was absolutely brilliant. Had Djokovic on the ropes. I mean, Djokovic grinded him down. Sinner's body gave way. 6-3, 6-2, 6-2. Uh, Djokovic won in the last three sets. He also met Monte Carlo in 2021 with Sinner. Was uh, way off the pace. Not the player he was now. And uh, Djokovic won 6-4, 6-2. That Wimbledon match last time they met, Sean, 2022. Mm. Yep. Sinner then to Sinner now. There isn't much difference, is there really? More experience um, on Yannick Sinner's part, but, you know, ability-wise, there's not much difference. You could perhaps argue that this season he's played some of the best tennis of his career. So, you know, you were there in Miami when he played some unbelievable stuff, didn't he? Um, the match against Rublev was the best performance I've seen outside a performance from a Nadal, Djokovic, or a Federer. I know Alcaraz has touched on that greatness, but he's played a weaker opponents. But doing it against Rublev, uh, who was it was higher ranked than him in in the world at the time, uh, and the performance was just faultless. I don't think there's any errors. Uh, well, there was errors, but there was not hardly any unforced. Yeah. But it was absolutely it, it was jaw dropping. Everyone who was in attendance for that match come away just talking. And I remember coming off the coming out. I remember speaking to you, and the next call I made was to a friend of mine to bet bet me to bet him to win Wimbledon, and I had two hundred each round him to win Wimbledon at fourteen to one. Uh, straight away after that match, and obviously the draw, his form, his injuries concerns didn't do that. I'm I'm into the semi-finals with him, but and I've almost almost given up on the bet. Really, to be fair, that's how that's how much I, I feel that uh, Djokovic is is ahead of him. Okay, so what's changed for you since March? Then just just the lack of physical stamina. Yes, or just... yes, I, th- I think I think he, the only it's way he's going down so often, isn't the it? The only way he's going to beat Djokovic, in my opinion, is if he can beat him in straight sets, I I, I can't. And, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's possible. I know it sounds crazy. I think if it goes deep into, into a fifth set, he's got absolutely no chance. His performance at the, the the French Open really caused alarm bells for me when he got beat by Altmaier in a long match. Uh, we've spoken about his performance, his injury concerns coming in here. And I just, you know, he's got to beat Djokovic. With Djokovic's record on centre court, what he's done, what, what he's going for, he's got to blow him away. And even last year, when he went to two sets of love, he couldn't blow him away. And I think then he'll realise he can win the tournament. Then he can win the us and get to the final. And I just, I just think if it goes deep, then I, I just can't see any way he can beat him in five sets. I don't see how Sinner can beat Djokovic currently now over five sets. In a three-set match, yeah, at some ATP Tour 500 or 1,000 event, yeah, I get it. But uh, not on Sinner Court Wimbledon. Doesn't seem likely, does it? Um, just looking back briefly to that match last year, I mean, Djokovic wasn't, wasn't very good. He did lead in the first set. I think he was a break-up in the first set. And then he... He started overplaying the drop shot and he went a bit wayward and ended up losing that set. And that gave Sinner a lot of confidence, I think. And Sinner came out and started playing his best stuff. As I say, won the next set, I think 6-2, wasn't it? Um, and then Djokovic just kind of reeled him in, just calmed things down, found his game. He doesn't, he doesn't panic, does he? You know, a lot of players, if they've gone two sets down on, on centre court, it's panic stations, but Djokovic didn't. But he wasn't great that whole match, really. He only won 41% of his of his second serve points, Novak Djokovic in that match, which, you know, isn't, isn't very good at all. Um, it was actually his first serve, which is very underrated, which is one of the best serves in the game, completely underrated. A lot of people just don't think about Djokovic as a great server, but he's, he really is. He won 82% of his first serve points in that match against Sinner. Sinner won only 69%. And a lot of that is down to Djokovic's great return. And if we just look at the stats, this Wimbledon, it's actually Yannick Sinner that's got the better stats. His service points, one and return points, one total is 118 which is really, really good compared to 112 for Djokovic. But you would certainly have to say that Sinner has, has had a much easier route mm. 
to the semi-finals. This is the route that I wanted for Bautista Agut in this Q3. That's why I went for him at that big price because there was a clear route there through for somebody, wasn't there? Um, and I didn't particularly fancy Sinner at about 18 to 1, given his given I've backed him three or four times this season. He's 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 let me down each time when it comes to the business end. It's sometimes in fitness, sometimes just mentally not there or whatever. But his route has been pretty straightforward. A couple of clay quarters, Schwartzman, Serendolo, you know, the, the lesser Serendolo, if you like, uh, in case people get confused. Um, who else did he have? Uh, Alahi Galan, Halis, who wasn't fit, had so much taping on his left leg and didn't serve well anyway. I think he served at 48%. Um, and and that's another point. Sinner's serve, serving hasn't been great this Wimbledon. He's served between 48% first serves and 56% first serves. In all of those matches, Schwartzman, Halis, Alahi Galan, and Safran. So the only one he didn't was was the first one against Juan Manuel Sarandello. I think he was up to about 60-odd percent then. But the rest of them, between 48 and 56%, that's not that's not going to cut it against Djokovic. In that match last year against Djokovic, he only served at 53%. I think he's got to get a, over 60, some heading towards 60, 65% to give himself a better chance. Um but what's what's interesting for me this Wimbledon in terms of Djokovic is is that he hasn't he hasn't got very good return stats. His stats have actually flipped. His service points one and return points one tell is roughly the same. It's within one point. It's it's almost the same as his career as a whole at Wimbledon. But that's made up of him winning a lot more points on his on his serve and less on return, fewer on return. He's only won. 35, I think it is, I can't find it, 35.5% of return points this Wimbledon compared to where he's normally up over 40%. But he's compensated for that with his um, his first serve. Yeah, it's 35.5% return points won. But he's held serve 97% of the time and he's won 77% of his service points. Um, so it's just, it's that serve. No one's able to break it. It's so accurate. It's not, it's not going to knock your lights out like a listener or, or whatever, but he puts it where he wants to put it and he doesn't miss with it. Deadly accurate. And it, it it's seen him hold serve 97% of the time, which is phenomenal, isn't it, in anybody's language. Um, so I think it's, it's it's a difficult one for Sinner. He's, what, what does Djokovic do that's... Where's the weakness in his game that, that Sinner's going to exploit? I think Sinner's basically going to have to play that level that you talked about against Rublev. And he's got to do it for three sets. Maybe not three sets in a row. But he's probably got to do it in three of the first four sets, hasn't he, to get yeah. to get this win? I mean, I'd, let's just let's look at what Sinner has done against the, the sort of better players, if you like. The last twelve months at main level versus the current top ten players in the world rankings. Djokovic, incidentally, is fifteen and three win loss service points one and return points one total of one hundred and ten. Sinner five eight win loss and a total of a hundred. Now, going further. Sinner's won four of 22 career matches versus top five ranked opponents. And one of those, by the way, was when Taylor Fritz was briefly in the top five. Versus a little group that I've made up here, I've called elite players, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Nadal, and Medvedev. Versus them, Sinner is 3-14 win-loss, and his service points, one return points, one total is 93. Djokovic against those exact same players in his last 10 matches on 102. So... It it doesn't seem likely that Sinner's going to win this match based on all these statistics. He's got to he's got to play that fabulous level, and he's got to he's got to stay at that fabulous level for for three sets, unless Djokovic um, has a poor day. But what I've gleaned from all this, um, 
the key stat is the fact that Djokovic isn't returning well. Uh, he's only creating 0.5 breakpoint chances per game. And out of that lot, he's only taken 35% of those chances. So he's not returning well, this this Wimbledon. I know he's had her cash. It was serving absolute bombs. Um, but he's only breaking serve an average of three times per match. And you combine that with the fact that he's holding 97% of the time, it, it leads me to the overs. Um, and I've gone for over 37.5 total games here, minus 105 at Bet Rivers. I think this this is going to be one of those matches that Sinner will be competitive, certainly for a spell, but Djokovic, you know, he should wrap it up eventually. Yeah, I'm quite tempted for 3-1 Djokovic here. I think That's possible Sinner. as well, yeah. yeah. I like both players to win a set and Djokovic to win the match uh, as, a, as a prop that uh, they have on offer as well. I think it's going to be a kind of game. I think Sinner will have chances. I think he'll take it. But once we go deep in the match, there's no way that Djokovic, uh, Sinner will cause him problems with his physicality and his mental capabilities that he has compared to Djokovic. So, it looks like it's going to be the final. Alcaraz against Djokovic. Uh, good luck to you if you've played that prop at the start of the uh, the tournament. I know it's been a very, very high, heavy uh, bet prop across with Bet Rivers and every bookmaker in the country and, and across the world, actually. I would expect that uh, that will be a very expensive final if Alcaraz does play Novak Djokovic in the final. If it does happen, whoever they play, uh, myself and Sean will break down the final probably on Saturday uh, mornings for you so we get it in time for Sunday. Um, that's been it then. That's the Wimbledon semi-final. We don't see any shocks. We do see some, probably a longer match. If I ask you a question, which match would have the most games? You, you, you would go for, um, obviously... Um, the sin of Djokovic match. Even yeah, it'll be, be, be the underdog. I think that should be on the matchups. I would expect Djokovic sinner to be um, more competitive and therefore longer. I, I, I just think Alcaraz is a, it's a bad matchup for Medvedev. Unless, as I say, Medvedev is going to make some fairly drastic changes that he's not keen on doing. So there is. That's the final. Uh, as we say, Alcaraz will be Djokovic will be a mouth-watering final. We will have it broken down for you. We will have whoever is in the final uh, broken down for you on Saturday. And we'll have the women's final broken down for you tomorrow on Friday, myself and Rory Giovanni. I've had a terrible Wimbledon tournament. Things have just gone. I've just had a bit, while I've been doing this, John, I've been following a bet that I've had. I bet over nine and a half total games in the first set, Svitolina against Von Drusova. It's, mm. uh, it, it was 5-3, Svitolina, uh, 3-5, Svitolina serving. She was 40-15 up. And she's got broken. So I've ended up losing another, you know, what, 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 what it's been odds? that sort of tournament, hasn't it? I would probably, what price would, what odds would you be in play? Minus $8, something like that to, to cash that bet. And uh, she loses we've had uh, a few of them. We've yeah, had a few of them where we've been minus plenty of dollars in play. Exactly. It's been that kind of tournament. And then hopefully we can claw a little bit back there with the over games. Uh, for me, I've, I'd love Zinner to get to the final because it'd be great for my future bet that I placed when I was in Miami. But uh, it looks a tall order to beat Novak Djokovic. Unless Novak Djokovic gets injured, I think that's the only way he's got a chance of winning it. And remember, there are four ways to follow us here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. The first way is to download our podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please do so. We're riding higher on the charts. It's Betting Weekly a game bet match. You can uh, download that on your preferred podcast provider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can get a bell. You can get a ring that lets you know every time one of our bits of content drops. And that is at the Bet Rivers Network on YouTube. And you can follow us on our social pages on Instagram and Twitter at Because We Win. Please give us a rate, a rate and a review. We really appreciate it. Not many reviews on there. And uh, we have much rating. Uh, I don't know why I don't know why I said that now because I think everyone will be <laughs> 
Do you want to spare me? Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I've done that. But anyway, please, good or bad, give us a review. I don't care. Anyway, uh, the totals, we've had a bad win, but we're still 16.64 units up on the season so far. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the content over Wimbledon. Enjoyed, uh, uh, short, enjoy the men's semi-finals. Hopefully we cash and then the tournament strong. Uh, and I'll be back with Rory Tarani tomorrow when we break down the women's final, which will be on Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great day.